Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Big DK Energy Podcast. My name is Danny K, or the DK and the Big DK Energy. This is probably going to show sometime in mid-November, but it's only a few days after Halloween, which is full of ghosts, ghouls, and witches. Speaking of witches, across from me today is the lead singer and main guitarist for the band Surf Witch, which, how I describe it, is Sonic Youth at the beach and she's kicking ass and taking name with her band and uh, they're just tearing it up in central florida and so during the day she is out in the field as an engineer specialist as she calls it well you know trying to see how the earth works and whatnot for us simpletons and then at night she's uh, rocking it out which as jack black put it ain't no walk in the park lady so with that all being said and done please help me in welcoming today's guest miss megan cahill <laughs> What up? What up? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's uh, Wednesday, so we're it, at hump day. It's Wednesday, my dudes. It's Wednesday, uh, my dudes. <laughs> that will forever live in everyone's brain. Rent free. Rent free. Yeah. Which I wish I could say the same for this place, which is great here, but you know. It's not rent free. No. But anyway, what does live in my head rent-free, especially uh, ever since you gave me the link for it, was your song Insomnia, which you're part of a band. Yes, I am. Okay, I don't know if this sounds really stupid, but just bear with me here. I feel like every young male's fantasy was to be a rock star at some point, and you're kind of living it. I would dare to say that every young woman's fantasy is to be a rock star as well. Really? Well, I'm all about that. Yes. Actually, I saw Joan Jett in concert recently in uh, Miami. Oh, really? Yeah, she still got it. Yeah, I saw her... Probably five years ago at Halloween. Ooh. Yeah, they did like a woman of the decade set and she was there. Oh, who else was in that set? I couldn't tell you. I only remember Joan Jett. Oh, it was that kind of festival. Okay. Yeah, it was. All right. You do your own singing, though, for your own bands. So where did your musical journey actually start? Let's start from the beginning. Oh, wow. So I have always wanted to play guitar since I was five. I was told I had to play piano first. So I started playing piano when I was nine, played for about three years. Once my parents saw that I wasn't going to quit after three months, then they said that I could play guitar so they generously let me have guitar lessons and I did that for probably like five or six years and then at that point I just knew how to play and so I've just yeah been playing music since I was nine that's awesome being half Korean my Korean mother of course forced us to do piano lessons did you like it Uh, you know it's like if it wasn't forced it would have been a lot more fun I agree. Yeah. Like, for example, I want, I've always wanted to learn French, but in school, it's like, since I was forced, it's like, I don't want to do this. But now that I do it on my own free time with Duolingo, mm-hmm. I'm totally good with it. In fact, pretty far with the progression, I've kind of brushed up all my old skills. And, Parlez-vous uh, français? Eh, un petit peu. Mais j'oublie beaucoup mon français. Je suis désolé. Oui. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oui, oui. So, you're not from Orlando, is that correct? No, I'm not. You are from South Florida. Yes, I am. Just like me. South Florida, SoFlo gang. That's right. You were Broward, so that's 954? Yes, it is. Uh, got it. I was 561, but you know, we still affiliate with each other. We're not 305. That's all right. 954 till I die. There we go. Yeah. That's our squad. Is that what the kids call it nowadays? The squad? The squad? Sure, we can go with that. <laughs> yeah, let's go. So we actually met through UCF, and uh, those were some pretty fun times. Yeah, UCF was fun. So I know sorority life was very busy, but did you ever find time to like write your own stuff during that time? Yeah, I had music friends entirely separate from Greek life friends. I just thought that it worked out that way. I didn't really know too many people in Greek life that played music seriously like that. 
Yeah. I mean, if anything, most of those people were are probably DJs. And that's just, that's that's something different. Yeah, I, I did know how to DJ for a time. Really? Yeah, I did. I still have a turntable and everything. But it was just like messing around at parties kind of deal. That was like my little time to shine. But that was it. Okay, well, at least that gave you some initial stage presence. Well, I mean, since you've been doing music since you were nine, I'm guessing you've done shows like up to that point? No, I was actually really shy. I did like musical theater in high school and middle school. So that was like my only real stage presence training. Were you tree number two? I was the lead in the very first musical I ever did. So tree number one. Tree number one, baby. There we go. Yeah, I had a line in everything. (laughs) Wow. And speaking of trees, other than just being in tune with the arts, you're in tune with nature, sort of. Yes, I would say definitely. And I think that's so awesome. It's kind of like... How would I describe it? I don't know. The first thing that's coming to mind is a bard, you know, someone who's just great with nature, but then great with music at the same time. Uh, yeah. Is there a word for that? I have no clue, but, you know, you just seem like that kind of vibe that it's just not hippie, but... (laughs) I'm trying to think of what the analogy would be. I would say that things in nature are pretty flowing. Mm -hmm. And when I play music, I'm in a flow state. So maybe that's how they connect. Hey, there we go. There we go. Also, um, one time I saw, (laughs) I don't know where the idea came from, but this guy was putting like musical diodes into mushrooms and it was like giving off. I love those so much. I don't know if those are like 100% coming from the mushroom but i think that there's something that's happening between like the cordyceps and the lion's mane going to the synthesizer so it's definitely like they're receiving the signal like from the mushroom and then the synthesizer is just outputting that sound but i don't know like to what effect mushroom manipulating that sound got it I don't know. It's just really interesting to think about. It seems like there's music always around us. And as Stevie Wonder put it, music is a world within itself with a language that we all understand. I would say that's definitely true. That's a pretty iconic line. I mean, music definitely has its own language too. I mean, theory. See, <laughs> I have a guitar and I played a little bit back then, but nothing you know, major. But the thing is that like, I just didn't know where to start. It's like, would I just start with playing songs out the gate or would I have to learn like chords, scales? So I actually taught guitar for like, three years at Guitar Center. Hmm. And... How was that? It was fun. I really enjoyed it. But one thing that I noticed is that everybody learns differently. So some people are very visual learners and more creative about their strategies. And some people are very logical and analytical. And typically, I think that the logical-minded people will do better with theory. But maybe the more creative people, if you just start showing them chord shapes and then you address the theory once they kind of know how to work their way around a guitar, then that's more beneficial for them. Hmm. Interesting. So is theory needed to become a musician? No, theory is not needed to become a musician, but I would say that knowing at least some theory will make you a better musician. Got no harm in knowing it. Yeah. So like if their goal with the guitar was to literally just do covers of songs. They don't need to know theory. Okay, got it. Yeah. But like in order for them to write their own songs, you would have to know theory. Like you wouldn't put like a B next to a C sharp, for example. Yeah, I mean, in some cases, I think you can. Actually, now that I think about <laughs> it, I think it's, anything is possible. Yeah, but if you want to write songs, 
Even so, you probably still don't need theory, but if you want to know why the song you're writing is making sense, then you should look at the theory behind it. Like, for example, I have a riff that I've been playing for five years at this point, and now I'm going to start incorporating it into our set. And our bassist is a jazz musician, so they're super knowledgeable in everything theory. And when I was showing them this progression, they were like, oh, the common tone, like, that's why this makes sense. And I was like, so that's why it sounds good. So he kind of basically spelled out to me what I was doing unintentionally with theory. Well, I wish I had someone to do that with me because for someone like him, musical theory is perhaps just like secondhand knowledge, just like, uh, I don't know, washing your face in the morning. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Like they're so crazy good at their instruments. It's it's intimidating. How long have they been playing for? I have no idea, but I know that they went to college for music for a while. Like Juilliard? No, like FSU jazz program. Okay. Yeah, but now they're back here. Got it. I mean, still, if you're going to school for music specifically, you're going to know a thing or two. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my musical knowledge capped at middle school. And where was like the pinnacle of that? Like, where did you plateau? I plateaued, I would say, end of seventh grade into my eighth grade because my teacher was an old man. And, uh, you know, he was cool and chill, but at the same time, he was old. So he had a lot of health problems, unfortunately. And I was never good enough to be first chair, but I was alto and tenor sax. And that's the thing. I could read some music, kind of, but it's just that I kind of need to get back into like, you know, shapes of everything because a B on a saxophone is way different than a B on a trumpet. Oh, I would not know anything about that but i'll take your word for it yeah absolutely have you only dealt with string instruments in your life Yeah, i've only ever done strings like if you give me something with strings on it i can play it like i've even violin i haven't tried a violin yet but i've tried cello Mm -hmm. and i did a little bit of my friend's upright bass for a jam like yeah like if you hand it to me like i'll figure it out okay sweet i'll give you a mandolin and we'll see how you can rock it try me Oh, <laughs> I will. I want you to write a uh, an entire rock opera using the mandolin in only three hours. Go. My bandmate would love that. <laughs> oh, okay. If he, she, they are up for the challenge, then so be it. Yes. So we actually have two bands. So we are like all the same people in both bands, but we have alter egos, right? So <laughs> we'll play my music, which is more rock, more surf rock, I guess you would say, which okay. is Surf Witch. And then our other guitarist, Chris, we play as Chris and the Chemtrails, and he writes a lot of like folk tunes and funky stuff. Folk funk. Yeah. Interesting. I can just imagine like popping and slapping on a banjo or something like that. Uh, I think a banjo could definitely be incorporated in some songs. <laughs> I don't know. That's the first instrument that comes to me when I hear the word folk. Folk? I think of a mandolin. Okay. That's a fair trade, if you will. Or a fiddle. <laughs> okay. You know, well, that might be going to country folk. That's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm thinking like James Taylor folk. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would say that his... Chris's music is very James Taylor-esque. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good that that music's kind of coming back because I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like when we were in Greek life, as I called it, the lesser of three evils, it's EDM country and rap. Unfortunately, this is true. I mean, not saying that those are bad genres. I mean, my personal least favorite is country. Mm-hmm. They say the same thing in all the songs. You can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, I like old country, like Loretta Lynn or like Waylon Jennings. I don't know. I just feel like they like don't give a crap. country? Yeah, uh, I call it fuckboy country. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Fuckboy country. It's listened to by guys who never li- lived in the country at all. <laughs> like everyone from our area where yeah. we grew up. <laughs> 
for real talking about raising horses and hogs but they're from Sanford. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what were your musical influences for these bands if you will so for surf witch i can't really speak on chris and the chemtrails although i can guess but for surf witch i would say that my inspirations as of now are definitely sonic youth very flattered when you said that called it i love kim gordon so definitely sonic youth i don't know if you've ever heard of the band covet or yvette young yvette young is just like this crazy guitarist and she's i think she's only 30 she's very young Hmm. but i definitely look up to her playing style a lot other people who i'll try to take inspiration from is adriana linker like big thief is her band I listened to your EP with her song on it. It was pretty good. Oh, the inspiration? Yeah. Yeah, I have uh, that one song, Little Things, on there. And then I've been listening to a lot of Courtney Barnett because I think lyrically, Adriana Linker and Courtney Barnett are really onto something there. Like, they're very cool. What do they usually sing about? Life. But I think that it's like a talent when you can sing about something as mundane as life and make it sound beautiful and they really do like they're just they have a way with words and on the flip side like kim gordon and yvette young are very musically inclined and so like yvette young shreds and her musicality is just ridiculous she's like traditionally trained it's awesome and then kim gordon like i would like to say one of the not the founder of noise rock but like one of the people who was big in its development like they just definitely it's not just pure noise it's just it's noise with a purpose yeah yeah sounds like it's got a little bit of a punk spice to it yeah definitely i mean i think sonic youth actually does fall under the genre of like noise rock Hmm. yeah Got it. I'm trying to think of who else would be in, in that because it was actually my AP psych teacher in high school that introduced me to him and mm-hmm. he had a really good taste in music. Mr. DiLorenzo, Dilo as we called him. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Nothing comes to mind right now. Some fun facts. Sonic Youth actually started in the 80s and Nirvana, like Kurt Cobain, took a lot of his inspiration for Nirvana from Sonic Youth. And when Nirvana got big and they started touring, Sonic Youth still wasn't signed to anybody. But at this point, they had already been playing for like 10 or 15 years as a band. And when Nirvana was going on tour and whatever their record company is like, who do you want to tour with? They're like, we want to tour with Sonic Youth. Oh. They brought them on. Well, good for them. I mean, unfortunately, they had to go through that 10 to 15 year of like no namity, but they held on and they eventually got their time to shun. Oh, for sure, for sure. I'm still bothering me because it's like I knew a couple of bands that were like in the ballpark. It's like it's not New Order that would be part of that. Oh, New Order's like, I mean, they're definitely instrumental, but they've got, I've got one New Order song on my like songs recently. It's almost like earlier electronic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a great way to describe it because it's not so much DJ with all the beep boop boppily. No, it's synthesizers and it's it's instrumental, but it's still like electronic music. I find that music really cool. Me too. That's exactly the kind of music that I was, what I call my gateway music into the 80s. Like my dad introduced me and so one of the songs that he introduced me to, or I don't know the song exactly, but it was by this guy named Howard Jones. And you know, it was very synthesizer heavy, big hair, guy wearing makeup, your typical 80s look. Love it. And it was just such an interesting time back then, but it seems like vintage-ish music is kind of making a comeback. Yeah, I think so. I was actually thinking about it on my way over here that I probably listen to more current bands now in like this 2020 realm than I did 10 years ago in like the 2010s. Because if you asked me in like 2010, what bands do you listen to? I would say like only the classics, you know? 
But now in 2020, I think that we've got a lot of very talented bands Mm -hmm. that are traveling these days. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for people in your realm, music is still very competitive, especially since you're not just battling people within your genre. You're battling with pop stars. You're battling against rappers who are all takes this one, you know, viral clip of their video to go absolutely nuts. And so, um, you know, I just want to say I commend you for sticking on to your dream. Thanks. Thanks. I'd say it's probably more of a battle against social media, but I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a double-edged sword because you kind of need social media in order to promote your stuff. This is true, but I'm always looking for a way around it. <laughs> exactly. All it takes is just one clip of a song like on TikTok for example, for mm-hmm. it to loop and loop and then people will be like, "What song does this actually come from?" Yeah, I'm trying to get better at the TikTok game. I got to make time for it. You should write like a really controversial lyric and then find a way for it to become memeable. And that's how you usher them in. And that's the code. That's Ex- how you crack it. See? It's a very long chess game, but make the right moves and it's a checkmate. Yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, listen, I enjoyed your song Insomnia a lot. Thanks. So uh, what was the inspiration for that song? I literally can't sleep. Like, I have insomnia. So that's why I wrote the riff before I wrote the lyrics. And I came up with the riff with my friend Kevin Carvonen, who also plays music around the scene, also very talented. And so I had the riff for a really long time, and then I was just up one night, and I just couldn't sleep. Oh, look at that. Look at that. It's like the very first word, can't sleep. So Sometimes uh, the worst tragedies in your life, uh, no matter how small or big, you can turn into something golden. Exactly. So yeah, I just uh, wrote the lyrics that night and that was the song what key is that song written in i do it with the capo now it was originally in c do i have a capo on two i think it's in b hmm. yeah i think it's b i don't know what any of that means but i just know how to lead into that <laughs> and that's just how it be though. that's just how it be <laughs> So that's awesome. Like I said, it's every it was like every kid's dream to become some kind of band member or like rock star specifically, but also for some odd reason, now that I look back at it, it seems like every single show, every single group of cast of characters needed to be in a band. What do you mean? So for example, remember Jake Long American Dragon? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, you're really like going into the long term memory right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so in the beginning it has everybody playing an instrument, even though in one episode do they have quote unquote band practice. <laughs> and so what else? Ed, Ed and Eddie, they all needed to play instruments to woo Naz, the girl that they all liked, and turns out it was Jimmy in a silhouette, and they were like, what the heck? And then, I don't know, for some odd reason, it's like music is great in certain quantities, but for some odd reason, it seems like every bit of media, especially like, for example, Spongebob, it seems like after a certain point, every single episode needed a musical number, and I'm like, nah, this needs to stop. Yeah, that's like watching some musicals. Like, I watched Sweeney Todd the other day, and not to knock Sweeney Todd, but they just sing throughout the entire movie. <laughs> See, for some odd reason, reason i can't imagine adam levine from maroon 5 talking like a regular person i just think he sings everything <laughs> yeah. i just feel like he sings everything you are fired off the show <laughs> i want you to be on my team <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of that i have a question can you be taught how to sing or do you need raw talent no you can be taught how to sing that's why they have people who give voice lessons so voice lessons are actually legit is what you're saying voice lessons are I think what you're wondering about is pitch. Some people I know 
cannot naturally like match a pitch. Oh. And so that you can also learn. It'll just require lessons and time. Oh, wow. Okay. Because um, I'm glad you dispelled that because I remember growing up and we were, of course, you know, since there were like very few stuff to watch on television, American Idol was like one of the things that people just so happened to watch. Mm-hmm. And so as I grew older, I learned that, you know, some of the bad contestants on there were just purposefully bad for, you know, ratings. Yeah. But um, at the same time, it's like my parents were like, oh, you need to, you just have the natural ability to sing. Some people are born with it, but some you can definitely be taught. I mean, I've sat in one voice lesson one time when I was teaching music with our voice teacher there. And I found out that I'm singing wrong. Like I'm not doing it right. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, they teach you a lot about breath and they help you with matching pitch and they'll go through scales with you and they'll really help you like with your head voice and your bass. And I think that they'll really like just like broaden the range of what you can sing. So what degree of singer are you? Are you an alto, soprano? Do you know that? I probably would consider myself to be an alto okay Um, i don't see you as a bass i don't see you as a bass i'm definitely not a soprano but some people i don't know you could say like mezzo soprano sometimes but got it if i was full italian i'd be a soprano you know what i mean exactly the gabagool (laughs) 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 exactly gabagoofin but no i would say i'm an alto my voice is pretty low for the most part okay yeah i mean it's not like super low or anything but you know yeah (laughs) um actually (laughs) so have you ever seen the original how the grinch stole christmas like the 60s version no Oh, is it animated? Yeah. It's, then yes. It's been on Cartoon Network like every year since then I've like... I've definitely seen that. RIP oh, Cartoon Network. I, yeah, well, at least the good stuff. <laughs> but actually the guy who sings, you know, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, he's a triple bass. Wow. His name is Thurl Ravenscroft. Wow. What a name. You're mean one. Mr. Grinch. Mr. Grinch. I yeah, I know. He's like, it's triple bass. He, and also, fun fact, he's also the voice for Tony the Tiger. They're great. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's just amazing how, like, for example, I follow some people on TikTok. I enjoy people who can actually sing quite well. Um, And so there's this one guy, I forgot his name, but he's like a bass. And um, he was like part of that thing where you can like stitch with other people. And so he joined like a whole group of singers as they sang uh, this one song from The Hobbit. And they were phenomenal. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Is Surf Witch on TikTok? Uh, No. I'm on TikTok and I post some of our Surf Witch videos there, but I know that my bandmates have been pushing me to make a Surf Witch TikTok and like- I think you should. I know, we have to. I have ideas, like funny videos for us to do, but we've been playing shows nonstop since March. Oh, Mazel Tov. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But so there's literally been no time for me to think about like content, so to say. So Got it. This is my advice for it. Take it or leave it. Okay. But if you are on the road and you are trying to create content, try to imagine like you're playing a prank on them. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like getting some bad angles of them and then turn that into a comp- compilation shot. That's a very authentic video. And that's one thing that people love about these videos. And so, of course, you can use the popular sounds. You can get the best equipment. But the thing is that if your content's not original, mm-hmm. people aren't going to watch it. Yeah. And I think that TikTok audience definitely likes the illusion of authenticity. Correct. Well, that's the thing. You wouldn't have to get the illusion. You just would be doing it. It would be authentic. 
Correct. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, of course. That's the thing. People are so used to stage stuff that immediately people can sniff that out. I just got TikTok recently and it actually blows my mind like how there's like a sect of people that are like TikTok's better than Instagram because like we're real here and Instagram's like just fake or like whatever. You know what I mean? It's like there's like the audience like thinks that one's more real than the other at the end of the day. Like it's, it's it, all fake. But. Exactly. So if you could play any other instrument besides a guitar what would you want to play probably like saxophone probably a really just because i've never tried it before why not amazon's a wonderful thing yeah that's true to a certain Um, extent i mean you know the ramifications i've never tried woodwind instruments or like brass instruments like that and so i just don't even know the first thing about them okay so from what i remember i mean it might be a bit outdated with the reed instrument really you have the regular thing Mm-hmm. Or whatever whatever you place your mouth on, then you have the reed. And as long as the reed is wet and intact, you'll be able to. And you have to, like, press your tongue with the reed against the top and then blow from that. It's like a t- sound, not like a... <sighs> yeah, people have tried to explain it to me before because I know, like, a few horn players, but it ends up just coming out like... Yeah. Know, just really bad. Yeah, and then for, like, trumpets, you have to, like... <laughs> yeah, that too, that too. But I would love to freaking whip out a horn and just like... I think it would add like an extra flavor of like smoothness to your songs. Thank you. There's a band actually called Hikes and one of the guitar players in the middle of a song, she puts down her guitar and she just picks up a trumpet. She just starts playing the trumpet. Dang, who does that sound like? I don't know, but they're very good. I don't know why this is reminding me of this, but every one of the Red Hot Chili Pepper songs, Flea is the one playing the trumpet. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, Flea is quite a talented man. He's actually the reason why I took up bass a long time ago. Oh, wow. Did you stick with it? Nah. I mean, I have it, but it's just that I just feel like I want to learn every single song, but I'm like, I can't choose which one, so I get nowhere. <laughs> like, Start with the easiest one. It's like if I learn once on you know the first riff, I'll be like, oh, I can do the rest, no problem. And then that's where my downfall happens. Yeah. But kudos to you for being able to stick it out since you were nine years old. Thanks. Um, something that I really enjoy doing. And so what were some of your first albums that further honed in your musical love like when from nine to high school so when i started playing guitar i would say that the albums that i was big on playing and it's gonna be so cheesy i'm embarrassing it was um, Beatles albums and okay. Taylor Swift. Basic, I'm just kidding. Very basic. And Green Day. Green Day was actually huge for me. I'm not going to lie. They're talented. Yeah, I love Green Day still. I mean, their new music could be better, but I mean, I still think they rock. But yeah, probably that. Beatles, Green Day, Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, my guitar teacher was just a straight hippie. Like, he showed me pictures of him in the 60s. and he, I bet you can smell the pot through the photos. Oh, I don't know if he ever did any of that, but he Uh-oh. was definitely like a hippy-dippy. Like, he was a really cool dude. And oh, so, so you probably shouldn't touch the pictures at all because you might trip from them. Maybe, I don't know. But he would show me really cool music from the 60s and 70s. And, like, he loved, like, Simon and Garfunkel and, like, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. We did do a lot of Pink Floyd as well. I actually just saw Roger Waters uh, here. Yeah, I saw that he was in town. Um, one of my bandmates went to that as well. So the funny thing is that my dad has always wanted to see him. And so he got tickets for me and my sister. And last year on the date, we went to the Amway Center and we were just like, why are there no lines here? Was it canceled? And so then we looked at the tickets and turns out it was for 
August 25th of 2022. Oh, so you went last year. So yeah, we gotcha. literally were so excited that we went a year early. <laughs> and so this year we were like, okay, we know we at least made it on time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what it reminded me. But it wasn't exactly The Wall, but you know, a lot of songs from The Wall were um, played and then he played this one new song and it's exciting to see musical marvels like him play, but at Still the same time, that. it's like, I don't want to hear your new stuff. I just came for your old stuff. That's really the tea, though. Like, that's just the truth. And this one song, he literally was... How old is he now? He's, like, in his 70s. Yeah. It's, like, it's nice that he's still kicking and still jamming. Like, I wish I want to be still jamming when I'm 70. But, yeah, man, it's definitely, like, Dark Side of the Moon that brought all these people here. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Not none of your new stuff, especially since one of his songs was literally called The Bar. The Bar? Just The Bar. But he spends a lot of time there. In the concert he was like you know i wrote this song during covid and it's a place that we can all meet and speak our differences and our minds and it's a place where a bunch of knowledge can be together and it's called the bar the bar (laughs) (laughs) and so it was just kind of three minutes of me kind of zoning out thinking am i supposed to cheer at the end of this or (laughs) anyway so what were some of your favorite concerts growing up not the first concert i went to but one of the first real concerts where the whole thing's a pit oh you went to that kind of stuff and it's not seated i was like 12 and my friend's older sister took us to see rise against day to remember and title fight wow it was so awesome and (laughs) that's when rise against came out with i think they came out with savior do you remember that song? It's it been a while. It kills me not to know this, yep. but mm-hmm. I'm all just... So it was just a crazy song, uh, a crazy time. And that was my first time seeing a circle pit and seeing like a wall of death and all that. And I remember just having so much adrenaline pumping in my little 12-year-old body. And I looked at my friend and I was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and she screamed. She goes, no, as I freaking <laughs> sayonara like into this circle pit with this big ass dudes wearing shirts like open the pit like you're gonna die and i was just like letting the crowd like just like throw you around throw my like 90 pound body around but that was like one of the first real concerts i went to and that was awesome and then i'd say after that some of like my fondest memories of concerts before coming to college was citizen modern baseball and real friends tour i don't know if you know those bands i don't they're hardcore and pop punk. Okay. And I take inspiration from hardcore music too as well. So that concert was really dope. And I ended up meeting one of the lead guys in modern baseball. And he like gave me his pick. Nice. And I kept it all these years just because when you're 14, it's like, oh my God, the guy in the band gave me a pick. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up playing, like I would play guitar with it too. Nice. So that's cool. Just like uh, I was a big hockey fan growing up. So therefore like jerseys that the players would sign, I would sometimes play in. Yeah. Right. It just gives you a little bit of that extra energy. And then, yeah, I think those were very like influential concerts to me. I saw Citizen this year, actually. I think they came in January and I hadn't seen them since literally 10 years ago. Hmm. Yeah. So that was definitely very nostalgic and they played some of their old songs and nice. I, I got really excited i bet yeah well it sounds like you've had quite a musical uh, upbringing in your world like are you the only musical member in your family yes 100 percent. really yeah nobody in my family is musically inclined or very artistic or anything like that like how are your parents music taste did, did it influence you at all, in any way yeah i think it definitely did my i'm fortunate to have parents that i think they have good taste in music my dad really likes 
disco. Nice. And he really liked Chuck Berry or like <laughs> or like older stuff like BB King, like Frank Sinatra. Okay, like a little bit of a swingy blues kind of feel. Yeah, he actually saw he saw BB King in Puerto Rico. He said one mm. time, and I was like, oh, in con- or was it Chuck Berry? In I concert, he saw both of them. Yeah, he saw them in concert, and huh. I was like, Dad, that's crazy. He just like happened to stumble upon it. Oh, I think he saw stu- Chuck Berry in Puerto the emphasis Rico. on stumble. Yeah, yeah. No, he just happened to stumble upon it. And uh, he definitely saw both of them live. It was just two separate occasions. And then my mom, she likes rock and roll. She likes ACDC. Nice. She likes Led Zeppelin, which sometimes I get behind, sometimes I don't. You're not a big fan of the Zeppelin? Um, You know, just not for musical reasons, for like controversial reasons. Oh, I don't know any part about that. There's like a whole. I'm not gonna go into it. It's not appropriate. But okay. You can you can read up on it. It's pretty. They did some not so good stuff. Uh, you know, not everything can be perfect. I guess. Yeah, she likes the Beatles. She likes the Stones. Yeah, stuff like that. Okay. Now that I think about it, oh, I just remember what I was going to tell you. When I hear your music, it reminds me of Tash Sultana a little bit. I've gotten that before sometimes. I do think that Tash Sultana is way better than I will ever be, but I appreciate that. I like her stuff. She's got a great style. She has that also ebb and not ebb and flow, but you know what I mean? That very flowy, I can uh, kick back after a long day and just chill and just breathe to the song. Yeah, she's a very talented musician, too. Like, she knows her way around a fretboard. And also, I like the fact that she looks like Carlos Santana, where she's, like, very expressive when she plays. Yeah, yeah, she does. She really gets into it. I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, you know, people are like, oh, they look really funny because they look like they're finishing. It's just like... She's feeling it. It's just like, what instrument can you play, dude? Exactly. Well, it's just the flow state. Like, me and my bandmates, we get goofy when we play music. I mean, you have the talent... Well, so, like, the longer we've been playing, the goofier we get at sets. And it's, like, I just told them, I'm, like, this is just our flow state. Like, this is how some people will physically meditate. Some people will go to the gym. Some people will write. Like, we just play music together. And, like, once we're out of that, like, it passes by in a blink of an eye, you know? So, like, once we end that, it's, like, damn, flow sets, flow stage is done. Yeah, this sounds really lame, but I remember like doing all of like those sorority dance like competitions. It's just like you practice and practice and practice, and then the time is to finally perform, and it's just like wait, it's over. Yeah, yeah, it's in a blink of an eye. Um, I remember like one of our first really big sets. When I say really big, I meant like there's at least a hundred people there. I mean, listen, some people can't even do it in front of their parents. I still can't. (laughs) Oh, I still cannot. Do your parents not approve of your music or something like that? No, they do. I just get really like shy about it i don't know they're my parents yeah fair i shouldn't be shy about it but right if anything they'd be your biggest supporters i just sing about like vulnerable things and oh that's why it feels like revealing to like sing to them like that but they've seen me play they they like it but i remember though what i was saying was we had a our first big set in front of like 100 people in front of like 100 people and I was so nervous and it was so hot inside the venue and I thought I was going to throw up. Oh. And we're getting on stage and we're setting up the stuff and I look back at the guys and I'm like, guys, if I feel sick, we're going to end it. You know, like we're going to call it. 
And they're all like, okay, like, just let us know how you feel. The minute we played the first chord of the first song, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Run it back. Power through. <laughs> like, we got this. Okay, good. So, like, once we entered that actual motion of doing it, then nothing else really mattered. Excellent. It's kind of like, uh, well, not saying that I'm the most fit person, but sometimes for me to go on, like, a three-mile walk is just me sometimes just getting out of my chair and just being like, all right, let's just head out the door. So, which one of Newton's law was it that if something is in motion? Motion. Is if something's in motion, it will stay in motion until acted upon. I think that's I think that's law number one. Wow. But es- but essentially, you just you pulled a Newton law one. So good yeah. for you. Thanks, thanks Newton. Thanks Isaac. Was it him that died a virgin? I don't know. I don't know. He definitely had an apple fall on his head. Then yes, he did. Because I'm just like that's the same guy. Yep. Yes. Meg, you're amazing to talk to, and thank you for gracing us with your presence on the show today. Thanks for and of course, and we're going to find out more about you in my favorite. Uh, part of any big DK energy episode, which is the bonus question round. 10 questions that you do not know about, however, are fun and you will still have a job afterwards. So with that being said, are you ready? I guess so. Excellent. Question number one. If you could have a jam session with three of your favorite artists with you on guitar, who's joining you and what instrument are each of them playing? I would probably do Yvette Young on bass because I know she can bring some funky bass lines too. And then on drums, I would do Yusef Days and then me on guitar. Oh, you get one more person. Oh, shit. I have to have one more person. I mean, you know, they can play the triangle. No, let's do... Hold on, hold on. Let me think. I gotta think. Okay, I got it. Take it back. Scratch my original thing. Yvette Young on keys because she slays. Yusef Days on drums. And then I would do Adriana Linker on uh, rhythm guitar. Ooh. And I would do lead. Excellent. Sounds like a jammy jam band. Sounds like it would get very psychedelic. Very psychedelic with a lot of peanut butter with that jam. Excellent. Yes, exactly. Question number two. If you could go back into any point in time and become a successful musician during that pyramid, sorry, during that period, which would it be and what instrument would you play? Now and guitar. Really? I'm manifesting for the future. Okay, there we go. Question number three. You've been tasked with making a festival benefiting a charity. What's the charity and who are the six headliners? Charity would probably be Planned Parenthood or anything that's supporting like pro-choice. And I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but Covet, Big Thief, Courtney Barnett. Let's do... Am I allowed to look at my phone? Yeah, I'll let you uh, throw in a lifeline. Let's throw in Bikini Kill. And let's do Turnstile. Just to like mix up the genre, we'll do Kendrick Lamar too. Ooh, okay. Wait. No, yeah, we'll keep it. Final answer. <laughs> Stand forever. Yes. You are not allowed, you're not allowed to change your answer ever. Okay. Just kidding. Uh, question number four. If you can go back in time and have a photo shoot with any historical figure, who would it be with? Janis Joplin. I gotta get that vibe from you. Not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just I think saying she's a very misunderstood person. I think so but too. I love her singing. It's distinct. I'll give her that. Yes, it is. Question number five: What's one beach you must go to before you die? I would like to go and see the beaches in Hawaii, but I don't know if I would actually go to Hawaii. Got it. Hmm. Interesting. Would you surf in those waters? No, I couldn't handle it. Those waves are very intense. Plus those sharks. Uh, it's probably not a great place for a novice mm-hmm. question number six if you could watch two bands duel who would they be Ooh, battle of the bands you ready for this always dick dale and Jimi hendrix Ooh, that would be really good yeah mr lau versus all along the watchtower his cover and they're they're homies too 
Pretty oh, they sure. were friends? I think so. Were they? Is that the right time period? I don't know about... Don't quote me on that. I don't know about Dick Dale. I just know that uh, Jimi Hendrix was uh, in the army. And you know what the worst part is? Hmm. He was born November 27th. Mm-hmm. I was born November 28th. Damn, that's too bad. I know. Oh, actually, fun fact. The exact day I was born was the day that Jeffrey Dahmer was killed in prison. Yeah. You should put that on your tombstone. <laughs> this time's just going to be killer, if you will. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, some people are like, are you the reincarnation of him? I'm like, maybe. no. God, that'd be really odd. What do they say? Like, yeah, maybe his soul just left his body and went into yours. I really hope not. No. <laughs> that guy was just off his rocker. Anyway, number seven. You're on your dream tour with Surfwitch. Okay. What are five must-stop locations on the tour? The Orange Peel in Asheville. I would do, I don't know if they let bands play there. I think it's called the Black Box in Colorado. Okay, well, in this case, they do. Yeah, in this case, they do. So Orange Peel in Asheville. I think it's called Black Box in Colorado. I would definitely go to Los Angeles. I would definitely go to Brooklyn. And then last one, Miami. Okay, nice. Bring it back home. Mm-hmm. Number eight. If you could square up against any singer in history like, you know, actual boxing, with the guarantee that you win, who's catching your hands? There's a long list. Hmm. I'll say the lead singer of Led Zeppelin. I was going to say Jimmy Page. No, Jimmy Page is the guitarist. <laughs> no, you're right, actually. Robert Plant was yeah, the singer? Yeah. Robert Plant. I would square up with him. Okay. Man, you really don't like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> no. <laughs> Number nine. What's a far-fetched goal on your bucket list? I would love to move to France and just like live there on my own. Oh, just, okay. Just like, work at... As a barista or like at a farm or something, just live in the French countryside. Ooh, okay. I guess that's a bucket list thing. That's a total bucket list thing. Yeah. Huh, living the simple life in La France. In La France. So we're having such a great time that we're already actually at the last question. Wow. And that is, what is your best, most recent accomplishment? My best, most recent, recent accomplishment? Probably, can I have multiple? Yes. I had one of my pictures put on display at a gallery downtown. Nice. A snap. Congratulations. Thanks. It's still there. Uh, we finally got to go out of town to play music, and we played at Kona Skate Park. Which Where's is, that? It's in Jacksonville. Okay. Oldest skate park in America, maybe even the world. So that was awesome. And then the next big accomplishment is going to be um, releasing an EP. So... I have a question. What is the difference between a single and an EP? An EP is usually a collective work of music, so multiple songs, and it's typically 30 minutes or less. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's it's timing. Like EP, LP, it just depends on how many minutes are in it. Got it. What does EP stand for exactly? So the difference between an EP and an LP is that an EP means extended playing and an LP means long playing. An EP is usually 30 minutes or less. I don't know the timing for an LP. I, I think it's longer. Well, still, those are three great accomplishments. So congratulations on all of them. Thanks. Of course. So we are at the end of our episode. And Meg, I just want to say thank you so much for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. And for joining the show today and talking about what it is to be a member of a band, especially two of them, and talking about what it takes to become a musician as well. That's why I think you, Mm -hmm. Megan Cahill, Mm -hmm. have big DK energy. 
Thanks. Yeah, I do, baby. There we go. All right. So with that all being said and done, we'll put all of her uh, links in the description box below to Instagram, TikTok, uh, the bands. Do you guys have a what's called Bandcamp or something like that? Yeah, we got Bandcamp. We got Spotify. We got Instagram. We got Facebook. Soon to have TikTok. And we'll be coming to a city near you. So keep a lookout. Excellent. And so I was actually going to ask if there's anything you wanted to promote before we headed out. Sure. In 2023, we'll be releasing our very first EP, Name is to Come. Ooh, okay. Well, we'll definitely be looking forward for that, Megan. Thank you. If we're all done here, I'm Danny Kay of the Big DK Energy Podcast, and we are signing off.